Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Tuesday morning. Hope everybody slept well last night and ready to hit the day running. And uh, hope everybody has a blessed and wonderful and memorable day today. And uh, hope uh, that you're... I don't know what I was going to go from there. I, <laughs> something I was going to tell you, and I, for, my mind just went uh, in another direction. So... Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I guess uh, Alzheimer's is hitting me early. I don't know. But uh, there's something I was going to say, and it just went right out of my head. So, <laughs> all we got watching this morning, Karen Smith, Amy Oaks-Turner. And she was making, Amy was making fun of my motorcycle picture without my shirt on. I don't think she believed that was real. That was very hurtful, Amy. <laughs> Michelle Fox-Harris, the myth of the legend that is Miss Mousie. Jennifer Honeycutt, Brandy Boyd Young, Nicole Campbell Barnett, Kelly Jeanette Swift. So appreciate all you wonderful people tuning in this morning and uh, watching uh, the devotion. Uh, so let's do our uh, Pledge of Allegiance, if we may. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good morning, Mike Hensley, Karen Smith. You know, I, uh, guys, I don't think it's any um, shocker that our country is in deep, deep trouble. You know, they was on uh, Capitol Hill yesterday, and he was grilling the secretary, uh, Brian Mass, in particular. He's an amputee uh, who fought in the military. I like how he wouldn't even let that, uh, the idiot answer. But uh, as anyone here is lies, which is true, all, they always go back to the same playbook. Uh, blame Trump. Blame Trump. When anything goes bad, blame Trump. They don't take responsibility for nothing. But not only that, uh, of course, you know, we, everything has happened in Afghanistan. It's just been a real travesty. But he's talking about the increase um, in uh, groceries. Uh, you know, this uh, uh, we're looking at uh, a fallout, really, from all this going on with all these, the stimulus money and uh I uh, see so inflation should not be a surprise, but when it affects how you're putting groceries on the table, that's when we're going to see some real trouble. They're talking about an increase just on uh, like bacon and eggs and you know basic staples that people have to have, and said so they don't see that going away anytime soon. And once those prices go up, well, you know they're going to go back down. They're going to keep them up there. And uh, and they said the, the value of the dollar is not as much as it was a year ago. Of course not. You can't just, these idiots don't realize you can't just keep printing money. You have to have something to back it up. That's why we have what is known as the gold standard uh, to back up our currency so that it has value. And it's going to get to the point to where it was like in uh, World War II Germany, we had to take a barrel of, of money just to buy a loaf of bread. That's why there was toilet paper lines. And, uh, of course, again, a year ago, there was toilet paper lines then, too. But you get my point that um, we cannot sustain economically what uh, these liberal people are doing. I wanted to say something else, but I have to remember I'm a pastor and... I can't say certain things that I would like to come out of my mouth. But, um, you know, and, and, and Biden is a joke. Uh, the idiot wanted somebody sent me a video yesterday uh, that I was watching where his, uh, him and his wife come out and he's sniffing some boy and wandering around like a village idiot and wanders off. He was talking yesterday and they cut his mic off. His handlers cut his mic off because he's such an idiot. They don't know what he's going to say, so they just shut him down. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's not good, guys. It is not good. So, uh, 
you know, I'm not uh, Chicken Little saying the sky is falling. It's just, you know, we're just going to have to really pray for this nation. Uh, be prepared. It probably wouldn't hurt you to buy an extra can of something every time you go to the grocery store. Just kind of stock up, put some things back. Uh, you know, I know, you know, when the year 2000 hit, we heard, oh, stock up, buy food, it's going to get bad. Nothing happened. You know, when Obama got in office, stock up, buy food, get ammo. Nothing happened. You know, and it's just like every time you turn around, it's this, you know, we do this, do this, nothing happens. Well, you know, I'd rather, you know, that nothing may happen, but I would be rather be prepared and not need it than to need it and not have it kind of scenario, you know. And so uh, just keep that in mind. It don't hurt to put a few things back here and there. Don't have to go to a big expense, but it probably would hurt to get grab an extra case of water here and there or, or food and uh, put that back for just never never know but uh good morning darlene barker angel dixon so that uh so all right let's go and look at our verse of discussion this morning we're going to second looking at second peter chapter 1 verse 10 so let me bring that up here so that you can read along it says therefore and my uh, seminary professor always said if you see when you see that word therefore ask yourself what is it there for Therefore, brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. All right. So let's take a look at this. Uh, we're going to split this into two sections. So let's go and fade this back over here. Therefore, brothers, make ever, ev make every effort. Okay, so let's make every effort to confirm the calling and election. Now let's look back up here at verses, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, this is like a, verses 5 and 6 and um, it says for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness now therefore brothers make every effort now make every effort in regards to our Christian walk and and once we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, we need to continue that spiritual growth. We need that motivation to keep pushing forward. You know, I think a lot of people think that uh, once you get saved, once you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, your ticket's punched, you're in, and you just go do whatever you want to. Or a lot of Christians, they may uh, have said that, made that profession of faith. They go to church, they go through the motions, but they're still a stagnant, uh, a... Um, Let's see, a, a lack of a better word, a, uh, um, I don't really want to say that word, I don't like that word, uh, let's see here, uh, a stunting, there you go, stunting in growth, uh, to, um, uh, in their spiritual walk. I think that's why, again, goes back to the apathy and complacency we see among the Christian community. I think that's why we don't see people standing up and, and uh, against sinful uh, actions, whether it's lifestyle choices, whether it's uh, stealing or whatever it may be, you know, they, uh, people try to find an excuse uh, to justify their sins. And particularly in uh, hard topics that people don't want to discuss, regards to homosexuality, abortion, these things people don't want to discuss because they always want to throw up, well, it's not my place to judge, which you all know I hate and despise that with a passion. I despise that because we have to judge. We have to judge righteously by the same way we ourselves will be judged. So to make that kind of an ignorant comment, it just it really just mm, it gets me up to here. But 
Because there is no growth, because there is no time in the Word, no time in prayer, because there's no time in the Bible. So then, therefore, if you're not growing and you're not being aware of these things and you're not being convicted spiritually, then there's a problem. You know, years ago, I uh, was counseling an individual that, um, and this is many, many years ago, and this is a person who didn't go to the church, nothing like that. Because sometimes when I, sometimes I, I, I've said in the past, or somebody I counseled said this, and I've had somebody say, well, I, so I don't want to come to you for counseling because I don't want to be used in an illustration. Everything is confidential, you know, but, um, and, and I would never embarrass anybody that comes to the church. I don't want to embarrass anybody, period. But like I said, this has been like 15 years ago. Somebody didn't go to the church, so I feel that it's okay to, to share this. But it was an individual who came to me, and uh, not only were they cheating on their spouse, uh, they had no remorse for that. Uh, and uh, they claimed to be a Christian, they claimed uh, that uh, they loved their spouse. And the person they were cheating with was an atheist, and uh, but said they had no guilt, no remorse whatsoever. And I said, that's not good. That is bad. If your conscience is seared in some way and you're no longer feeling conviction, that is not good at all. But you need to go before God on your knees in prayer and ask for uh, for forgiveness and and for conviction and for reparation with uh, with you and your your spouse and to fix this. And they were like, no, nah, I don't feel a need to. And I was like, then why are you even here? You know, if you've done made up your mind that what you're doing is justifiable, then why are you even here? You know, I mean, why are you wasting my time in counseling if you are making no willing not to make any effort in change? But see, that's why we look, go back here and look at this, that we need to make every effort. We need to try. You know, in school, we had to have motivators. You know, it's hard for teachers to motivate their students, particularly this day and age, because... Uh, uh, when I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, an instructional assistant over in Jonesboro, I was in the middle school, and I worked with uh, those with special needs, and uh, uh, they were integrated into the classroom, so I had to be in there to make sure, you know, see if they needed help with their assignments. And I tell you what, there is no way in the world, no way in the world I could be a middle school teacher. Them little eighth grade snots were the nastiest just they thought because that was our last year they didn't have to do anything i feel so sorry for that t i can't remember his name now he had the patience of job you know he'd be like hey turn around in your seat no you know i need you to listen no i mean they were just oh gosh i'm telling you i would pinch their heads off i've got one day i finally lost it. i said i'm telling you right now you turn your fannies around you listen to him and, and do what he's trying to tell you and they looked at me like and they weren't the special needs kids. I was talking about the, the other kids in the classroom. Uh, the special needs kids were good as gold. They didn't do anything. But it's those the regular, the eighth grade kids, it was just, just horrible, you know. And so here this poor teacher is trying to get them motivated, trying to use jokes, trying to use humor, trying to use fun and exciting games and things to get them motivated to, to learn and to understand whether it's history or their spelling or whatever it may be to try to help these kids. And they were just belligerent little brats. You know, and, um, but, you know, that's it. You know, it's not that we, in God's Word, that we have to come up with fun little games or, or little uh, jokes. We should be motivated by ourselves alone to be excited to get into God's Word. You know, motivation is tough. You know, I am, I've, I've joined a gym trying to get this big old belly off of me and trying to work out a little bit. But in my life, uh, uh, you know, I, I have uh, I've always loved to exercise, and I've been very disciplined in my exercise. Like I've told you before, I'm not trying to uh, be egotistical here, narcissistic, but I mean, I would I would literally run between seven to thirteen miles a day. I think I think that's one reason why I'm here lately. 
man, my hips, I have been so much pain. Uh, I thought, man, I hope I don't have to have hip replacement within a few years. I've been a lot of pain. And uh, my knees, because where I've ran so much. But I've always been disciplined, been motivated. I had a goal. I had, I had a, a, a place where I wanted to be physically. Uh, and uh, that's why I dieted and exercised and killed myself. And now, now that I'm older, I understand what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he says, exercise profiteth little. You know, it's not, it's not to say that we don't need to, to take care of ourselves. But, uh, but I've always been motivated. I've always been driven uh, in that respect because I wanted to be the fastest runner. I wanted to be the strongest. I wanted to, you know, although I never met those goals, I've always been an average. Uh, but, uh, but it's still a goal nonetheless to achieve. Well, as Christians, we should be motivated because we have a goal to be closer to Jesus Christ. We have a goal to keep our eyes on him. We have a goal that we're looking at the finish line. You know, as a runner, that's one thing I, I keep focused. I'm zeroed in on that finish line. I block everything out. It's almost like tunnel vision. And it's almost like there's nobody else around me. I am zeroed in on it. When I'm running a 5K, I would zero in. That's that's all, you know, I'm just I'm just that's just how I am. I go, I go into another place. That's why a lot of people like, hey, go running with me or something like that and work out with me. I don't really, I'm not wild about that because I get into my own little zone and I don't like to be aggravated. I don't like to be talked to. I like to get in my own place. Well, that's where you need to be spiritually. You need to be in the zone, man. You need to be focused. You need to have that tunnel vision blocking everything else out in this world and focus completely on Jesus Christ and be motivated to grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally in the things of Christ. And that's the problem with too many people. They're not motivated. They're not disciplined. And they're allowing the, the things of the world to infiltrate their hearts and minds. And, guys, we've got to, to cut those things out. And we've got to be focused on God and what he wants for our lives. And that brings us to our second point here where it says, uh, of course, we just went over this. Therefore, brothers, make me a from your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, let's go back and look at verses uh, 7 and 8. Uh, it says that um, in godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love, for if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we look at that, it, when we see that, um, uh, of course, you see me turning my head here. I'm looking at my monitor that's got the, this verse up, so that's that's what I'm doing here. But um, we know that we that God called us. All right. If you know, I know election is a very difficult thing to understand, and I, you know, I've tried my best to to explain that uh, throughout uh, the years and through different teachings on in the devotions and uh, the pulpit. And so I'm not going to go into a big detail with election right now because I feel like we've we've for most of you who've watched uh, this, uh, yeah, you pretty much I think got a firm grasp on the fact that uh, God did chose some, and He didn't have to choose anybody. And uh, but in so moving forward. It is the fact that um, if God did not choose us, we would have never chosen God, and we'd still be in our own sins and doing our own thing, and we would never we'd be spent we'd be looking at an eternity in hell. But it's a great and wonderful thing to know that God has chosen us. So in regards to that election, but it says if you because if you do these things, you will not stumble. It's not saying that you will never sin again. It's not saying that at all. In fact, it is you know we God's word tells us that we are are sinners you know we or every one of us are are sinners so if a man says he does not sin then he's deceiving himself you know god's words clear in that that we are sinners but it's the fact that uh, that god's word will help us to um, 
endure uh, those uh, times of temptation, endure those things that uh, uh, the devil wants to throw at us and to make us stumble. And also, once you understand the things of Jesus Christ and have that conviction, it helps us to spot false teaching. False teachers helps us, prevents us from becoming apostates, saying one thing and then being another. And I'll be honest with you guys, some of the things I see on social media, people who claim to be Christians and put some of the most vilest, uh, most ungodly things on there, and then and then the next post, it's, oh, come to church. And I'm just like, guys, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're it, people are looking at this thinking, what's going on? You know, it, it is very, very confusing. That um, uh, in verse 10, I want to read this here. It says, verse 10 also teaches us that moral failure is almost always at the heart of false teaching. False teachers come up with wrong doctrine to justify their immoral lifestyles. Whenever someone starts teaching weird doctrine, almost always something is wrong morally in his life. Finally, Peter, well, I'm sorry, I started going to read the next uh, uh, paragraph there. I apologize. So this helps us to uh, be sensitive uh, and to be discerning. Uh, there's a lot of times, even before I was either a pastor or ever wanted to be a pastor, the, the Lord has blessed me with the ability to discern. And uh, uh, there's a lot of times I've been in, and people's invited me to different places, uh, at the churches, and I'm like, something's not right, something is wrong here. And uh, I would, at the time, I'd go back and tell Dad, and he's like, yeah, what they were teaching was, you know, he explained to me what was wrong with that, and there's a reason why God gave me that discernment. Even though I really wouldn't even live for the Lord then, I still had that discernment. So I have to be very, very careful. You know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, I was talking about Norman Vincent Peale. People used to uh, think that he was a, a wonderful Christian man, and he wasn't. Yeah, I remember there were articles of him, and uh, of course it shows my age. I don't know how many of y'all remember, the, uh, was it the God Post, the Guiding Post, or whatever that little book that used to come out thought he was just wondering he's a big new age philosopher robert Schuler, glass cathedral i mean they had some weird far out uh, philosophies that people didn't realize like glenn beck people think oh he's a benevolent christian he's a mormon people <laughs> all right he is not a christian he's in a cult uh, and I've never understood that. For somebody who can quote uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and always at a seek, always claims to be a seeker of truth can be deceived and in, in a cult. But then again, they're probably funding his operation, so that's easy for him to turn a blind eye, I guess. But you know, we have to be very careful about those kind of things. But here's the thing, guys and gals. We need to make every effort. We need to try. We need to keep pushing forward to have that mind of Christ. We need to be spiritually growing and learning. Never become a blade, a sword blade. I wish I had, I got a, a collection of swords. I like swords, knives. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know why I like them. But a sword, you know, if you, when you're using that sword in battle, uh, it will become dull. And you have to keep that blade sharpened. Uh, and that's what we have to do. We have to keep, we have to be sharp. This is our sword. But we have to stay sharp. We have to be diligent. We have to be ready for the fight at any given moment because it's not if it will come, it's going to come, and you need to be prepared to be ready. And we need to not be bogged down with these things in the temporal, but be concerned with the things of the eternal. And we've got to work hard uh, to be closer to God. We need to be on fire for God. It's concerning when I see churches shutting down. It's concerning when I see a lack of attendance. It's concerning. And I know a lot of people say, well, I watch online. And I know we live in a very weird time right now. And if that's what you feel you need to do to be safe and because of health reasons, I understand that. But if you're doing it to be lazy, 
that's not a good thing. You need to get your fanny in church. There's a reason why it says not to forsake your assembling yourselves together with like-minded believers. We've got to be on fire for the things of God. You know, I, I notice a lot of churches doing drive-in church now again, and, and that's fine. I mean, I've got nothing, no no qualms with that at all. I, you know, uh, at least you're making the effort to be there. But I really feel like it's, a, it's, it's really good to be there in person to have that fellowship with other Christians. But my encouragement this morning is to my friends to be closer to God, to be on fire for the things of Jesus Christ. And uh, you know, I see so many Christians, and they just act like they're miserable. And I don't get it, man. God saved us from the depths of hell. Jesus Christ gave his life. He's beaten for us, nailed to a cross, and rose again for us. And when he ascended, the Holy Spirit descended, that paracletos, the helper. We should be the most happiest of all individuals. Instead, we seem worried and concerned and anxiety-ridden and fearful. When we're the ones who should be the most confident of all because we are victorious in the things of Jesus Christ. So my friends, get your heads out of the proverbial sand. Wake up, look up, and let's get excited about the things of Christ. We need to grow. So be reading, be studying, be praying. And, uh, and let's just make sure we're, we're doing what God wants us to do and not worrying about the affirmation of those around us. Let us pray. Therefore, our Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day, your grace and your mercy. Thank you, for, thank you for each and every person watching and listening this morning. And Lord, help us to be encouraged and not discouraged. And Lord, help us, Lord, to be closer to you, to serve you well, to be excited about the things of you, and be on fire. Lord, let us not be like the church of Laodicea and be lukewarm, which you said was, you would spew out of your mouth. Let us not ride the fence, but let us be excited for the things of Jesus Christ, on fire for you to see souls saved. And Lord, uh, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God in which protect us till we meet again. Lord, I do want to lift up a special prayer for uh, Miss Wendy Lee. I pray she be with her. And Lord, I've gotten so many emails of individuals uh, and families who are battling COVID. And uh, Lord, I pray she be with Willie Smith, our dear brother of Christ, that you bring healing, miraculous healing upon him. And um, Lord, I do pray for our children, our schools, our teachers. Uh, Lord, I do pray for uh, Kim Penix and Ginger Hood and uh, David Feathers and Linda Feathers and uh, Lord, Larry and Donna Knott. And Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, you, all those watching today, that you will put a holy hedge of protect, protection about them. Let them have a good day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. Appreciate your comments and, uh, uh, and tuning in. And I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful and fantabulous day today. And uh, remember, live each day as if it were your last. Why? Because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.